Welcome to the Dropping Points Podcast, a weekly MLS fantasy podcast hosted by Blake Eshelman and Brian Maurer from MLS Gone Wild and Top End 90 Media. Are you looking for some designated players to save you from dropping points in MLS fantasy? Well, Brian and I have you covered with weekly MLS recaps, important fantasy-related news, and unsolicited advice that will help you win your MLS fantasy league. And please remember, listen responsibly. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Dropping Points Podcast. I'm your host, Blake, here with my partner in MLS Fantasy Soccer, Brian Maurer. Brian, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Uh, another another week in the books, week 10, on to week 11. Um, big news this week, um, announcing that had us having our second baby. So um, I'm <laughs> excited overwhelmed nervous all of the emotions that you tend to have in in these in these situations and these life changes that come up so but yeah i'm feeling good man how are you i'm good like i said earlier brian congratulations and we joked about this pre-podcast it's 10 6 p.m on a thursday he has one kid right now i don't know what time we're going to record when he has baby number two Yeah, one or two AMs. We'll see. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take a quick nap and then get on the podcast if that's the case. Yeah. But Brian, both of our teams lost this past week, and the Columbus Crew yep. lost to Inter Miami. See, so geez, uh, Montreal's on my mind already. Look at me, and, and Charlotte lost three zero to DC United. Both of our teams lost. We're not going to talk too much about that. But did your fantasy team do better than the team that you support? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a solid week. Um, I had 98 points. I did. I definitely just still had a few dropping points, but I mean, for the most part, team did team did really solid. Do you want me to get on into all the drop points that I had? Did you? I'm I'm pissed. You had 98. Yeah. I had 98. I went to sleep with 99 points. Yeah. And then Matthias Click got point corrected down, so I finished with yeah. 98. I thought I beat you, and that's a rare occasion. Yeah. Of course, we tied. Yeah, Brian, yeah. how did you, how did you drop points? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, my St. Louis picks. I was I was pretty hype on St. Louis this week at home, where they generally have been putting away goals. I mean, putting away goals really anywhere. And I I saw Portland on the road as a prime matchup, and Portland showed up. Man, props to them in a in a what's become a tough atmosphere in St. Louis. That crowd is very. I mean, they've stuck around through a tornado like a, i think there was actually a tornado that dropped down i mean there was definitely at least a warning and then they like still filled like 20k plus after the delay and then that beat Cincinnati <laughs> five to one yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean this crowd is for real and uh portland went in there and kind of out st louis them you know they just countered them and find found their mistakes and took advantage of it and beat them two one and um so Giacchini and Leuven, who are both in my lineup, just did not did not play out at all. Two points for Giacchini and four points for Leuven. And uh, so they were my first two dropping points. Uh, decent they, amount of money was, there. And it was a, the, the Giacchini shout. I remember you saying that last week, and it was the yeah. perfect shout. Like Portland's terrible mm-hmm. on the road yep. against forwards. So Giacchini yep. was a, a cheap option, and he, yep. he just didn't hit. Yeah, and I had and I actually because I used a more premium. This goes by one of my other dropping points. Um, using uh, I had Svidersky in, went with my heart over my over my head, and so. But I did. But I knew that I needed to switch through him, and then that didn't play out either. That was another two point affair. With I mean, we saw how 
we already talked about how Charlotte did. And so that didn't work out. And so having spent $9 million on a forward in a switcheroo situation, had to kind of go cheap with uh, keeping Giochini in there, couldn't upgrade there. And so had to keep him in my starting lineup to, to give up two points there. And then uh, Seahawks had a clean sheet with Chicago until New York scored like the 89th minute, somewhere around then. Killed his whole game off there at the end. So lost, lost points there. He only got me two. And I was looking at it, and actually still hit uh, their fullback. Mm-hmm. That new guy they brought in seems to be a legit fantasy option moving forward. So that was the – I picked the wrong Chicago defender. Clearly I wasn't kind of keeping close enough tabs on that. Yeah, and then well, last she hosts to your point, like she hosts takes their PKs when Shakiri's not on the field. So like, there's that yeah. goal scoring threat, I guess there. But like, I mean, yeah. is there anything worse in MLS fantasy than having a guy that's got a clean sheet? You already see the yeah. eight, nine, ten points. Yeah, they put the him on there, for and you're you. ready, to, and you're ready to rack them up. You already add them up. You're like, right, I'm good. And then 89th minute, or and then it drops you back down to two. Yeah. Yeah. It really can kill some momentum in your mind for sure. Especially when it's like one of the mid games like that. And you're trying to scramble a little bit late and try to put some last pieces in. And you're kind of also counting on those points at that point. Cause like, it's not over, but you're like, okay, if that works out, then I don't really have to slot in as much other stuff here and there. And then it can all really fall apart quickly, but that's yeah. the game. Other than and messing up a keeper. I don't know if there's anything worse than a defender giving up a, a late goal to lose yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's, it's the worst. So, yeah. The one difference I think is just the one that's like not on you. It's still technically on the defensive team for yeah. giving up that late goal, whereas the keep the the keeper ruined is on me. But yeah, was, <laughs> it's definitely up there. They're both they both leave leave an empty feeling in the stomach for sure. Yeah. And then my last one is um, we did the start bench sell, and I put Larea. I sold him. Yeah in the start bench cell and even you warned me like hey man he's been scoring goals been an attacking presence and he did it again he had a, another assist i think in this one and yep. man just has been involved in in their attack looking really sharp extra time radio is talking about him everybody is except for except for me who sold him so <laughs> I, i'm i'm actually now I've, i'm trying to fix, rectify my ways i've already put him in my lineup to start this week. Um, so we'll kind of see if he sticks around in there. Yeah. This will be the week he does nothing. Cause he's in your lineup now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is a cruel game that we play. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I may have dropped points this last week, but I, I joked about it, about regressing to the mean this past yeah. week, at MLS fantasy. Cause I had 90, like 93, two weeks ago. And then yeah. I ended up with 98 this week. So I did not regress to the mean, which is, which is great. I haven't strung yeah. together two good weeks. Like, all year so maybe you maybe you you're raising the mean to regress to what what about what about that have have the statisticians figured that one out what if you raise raise the mean you have a different regression i have a higher floor now (laughs) in fantasy terms right uh but i the floor will lower itself if i keep picking sporting kansas city players (laughs) i I picked rosero and polito last week they combined for two points on my bench and their 2-0 loss to Montreal. So, again, this is like the second time I've tried the SKC experiment. <laughs> I forget when it was earlier this year. I picked up, like, Eric Tommy and Daniel Shallowy, and they yeah. did nothing. It was, like, the week after they had, like, 30 shots. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah. They got a, a, a quote-unquote air quote here plus matchup, whenever that was. And it was maybe Colorado or something there. No, Montreal. Yeah. Was it Montreal there? It, it, it was one this, this week. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah somebody, and I picked them, shot myself in the foot, did it again this week, and it, it happened again. 
Sporting Kansas City. I, I should have wrote them off a while ago. I'm writing them off now. I will not be picking Sporting Kansas City again. Uh, Brian White had me three points with five shots, no goals. He's had four shot bonuses so far this season, but he scored in just one of those matches. And it looks like Sergio Cordova is getting ready to come back. I saw a video on social media. Once he comes back, it could be this weekend maybe. We'll get to that in the news. He could be the guy to start for Vancouver because they create a, a shit ton of chances. Excuse my language. So um, starting their striker isn't, isn't a bad play. Mo Farsi for the Columbus crew. He tied his lowest scores since week four with three points. His previous low score at home was five points. And that was, like I said earlier, against Inter-Miami, who had not scored and had not won on the road. They went to Columbus and beat the crew two to one. Quite unfortunate there. Uh, Lucho Acosta and Matthias Click combined for seven points. And like I said earlier, Matthias Click got the point correction down. So I went from 99 to 98 points, which tied Brian and I up at 98, which I'm upset about. I did not know that until about right now. <laughs> and then my 50-50 and long shot picks last week, guys. If you listen to those picks, I am so, so sorry. They were terrible picks last week. I've done okay with 50-50 and long shot, I think. But Carlos Gomez for RSL, he got me three points in a 0-0 draw for Seattle. And then Dairon Espria, I played with like five guys before last podcast trying to figure out who was going to be my long shot. And I had Brian White was one of them. Dairon Espria was another. And I was like, you know, I'm going Dairon. You know? And he didn't even play. So uh, hopefully you guys check those lineups if you listen to me say that and you, and you switched him out. If not, I, again, I apologize. It's, you know, I don't know if we've ever said this. If you guys listen to this podcast and we give you advice that sucks, please let us know on social media at dropping points on Twitter or uh, Bam Hour Media yep. on Twitter or MLS Gone Wild. Tweet at us. Let us know that we made or we, we caused you to drop points. Let us know. Yeah. We would love to hear about it. It's on brand. <laughs> exactly. So we talked about our dropping points. Brian, before I completely forget about the dropping points, Fantasy League top five, let me scroll back up here. So the top five from this last week, weekly points. Number one, Soccer Gods. That's a fitting name for a player that finishes first overall in the week. They had 115 points. Lucas Zilleran was the captain. Just about everybody in the top five had Lucas, and Lucas ended up uh, 10. If you captain him, got you 20. At number two, Trance FC had 109 points. Zilleran captain. Number three, this is a regular in the top five and one of my favorite names, Sloppy Stakes with 107 points with Lucas Zellerion as their captain. We had a tie for fourth place top shelf and Dunder Mifflin B team, 106 points. Top shelf had Gressel. He was your tap end of the week last week as his captain. And then Dunder Mifflin B team had Lucas. And then number five, Stoners FC. They had 105 points with Lucas Zellerion as their captain. I believe Stoners FC is Jimmy King, Philadelphia Union fan. Shout out to him. He's a he's a loyal follower and listener of the Dropping Points podcast and MLS Gone Wild. So shout out to you, Jimmy. Good job. You get a little shout out here. All right. Now let's get into our three things that had fantasy relevancy this past weekend. Brian, I'll let you go first, man. What were your three things? Yeah. So my my uh, my first three, uh, my three things is LA Galaxy have overtaken Montreal as the worst team away in fantasy. I didn't think that was going to be the case. Montreal were like averaging what like 15 points per game more than any other team, like the amount of points per game allowed than any other team on the road. Um, but they came up with a big win this past weekend, and uh, 
that's that's turned the tide and LA Galaxy have continued to struggle just pretty much wherever they've played home away this is why the fans their fan base is so upset and they're up yeah giving up 82.6 points per game away um and overall I mean I'll just go into the the, the six teams that are, are starting to separate themselves as the worst teams in fantasy away from home right now are the Galaxy at number one like I said Montreal still up there at number two Austin, Salt Lake, Miami, SKC. So those are kind of like the six teams that have really just consistently been uh, allowing lots of fantasy points when they're on the road. Um, a few of those teams are playing on the road again this week. So definitely uh, keep a lookout for some of those teams um, week to week because it seems like it's been just a consistently bad stretch for all of those teams when they're away from home. Um, my second is uh, – did you did you have a comment on that, Blake? I thought uh, – Yep. All right. And then my second is Steve Clark and Tekeoka is my favorite keeperu, hands down when they're both at home and they're both at home this week, this upcoming week. They've had seven straight clean sheets between the two of them at home. Um, Clark has yet to allow a goal at all at home. And um, Tekeoka's on uh, four straight, four straight clean sheets. And he's had a penalty save. <laughs> and then, and actually the one time Steve Clark didn't has had a clean sheet of late, it, he had an assist, so he still had like nine points. They're just both really on form. They're decently cheap options, and they're always like it's like their schedule is like prime for keeper. It's like 8 30, 10 30, week yeah. in, week out. So I really love it when they're both at home. It's happened for me a couple times this season, and it's again, they both got for me plus matchups this week. Um, and I'm, I'm really keen in on, on both of them again, and also, uh, Blake, you put this stat out there, but since 2014, only four MLS teams have longer shutout streaks than Vancouver's 410-minute streak they have right now. It's 2019 DC at 504 minutes, 2018 crew at 512, 2019 Atlanta 521 minutes, and 2022 New York City FC at 608 minutes. So Vancouver's just really in a good stretch of form right now. Um, wherever they play, and they're at home. So I'm um, really keen in on that keeperu option this weekend. It's decently cheap, 15.7 mil for two keepers. Um, and obviously, if Steve Clark gets a shutout again, you can just cut it down to four and save some money there and spend it somewhere else. Um, my third thing is Toronto is really, for me, starting to trend up. They've been getting a ton of draws, not losing a whole lot. Um, and a lot of their key players are coming back and signe has been back a couple weeks. He's already got a goal. Um, they're also undefeated at home. So they've got two wins. Both of their wins so far this season are at home and they've got three draws at home as well. And then Matt Hedges is also returning to their defense. So I'm um, starting to turn like they have, they have a solid squad in terms of just their starting lineup is really, really good. They don't have the depth. So when they do have injuries like they did at the beginning of the season, they're going to drop off quickly just because the, the gap between their starting 11 and their depth options is pretty stark. But if they have their starting 11 in, they should be a very good team. And so now that their starting 11 is kind of back whole and coming together, they really should be a far better team than they were maybe at the beginning of the season. And I definitely am starting to look at them as a week in week out fantasy option. Um, and I am again this week. Yeah, they had high expectations coming into the year, as you would expect yeah. with a team with Bernadeschi and Insigne. And they just added CJ Sapong, which just adds a different dynamic yeah. to their attack, a guy that can actually hold up the play and combine with Insigne and Bernadeschi. Yeah, good point. And, and yeah, I mean, they're they're just – Matt Hedges is there. Richie Larea came back um, from his stint overseas, and he's been 
I mean, he's a full Canadian international and he's been awesome the past three, four weeks. And then their midfield is like, I mean, yeah, it can really be it's up for debate, but it's like a top, probably top three midfield in the league that that rotation between yeah. um, K, Asario, Cervania and, and Bradley and whoever yeah. else they, they have in there. I mean, that's that's a really good rotation. But anyway, I want to circle back to Vancouver really quick. They play Minnesota this weekend at 1030 and then Portland in, in two weeks, well, a week and a half now um, at 1030 as well. Portland, not Portland, Vancouver has quickly become like one of my favorite teams just because that's a team that I can, I, I, that's the only game during that window. And I watch them yeah. and we're very lucky this past weekend that Takeoka, he, he made a great penalty kick save, but thank yeah. God he did, or we would have found ourselves dropping points at like yeah. midnight on a Saturday, right? That would have really sucked. That would have been a terrible way to close out the night. Yeah. And then that would have yeah. messed up the Gressel clean sheet as well. And just the domino effect. Yeah. I had, I had three Vancouver. Uh, I had, a, I had a triple stacked, Vancouver defense this past week. I had Ahmed in too. So Man, it was one penalty, my whole lineup was dependent on that penalty save. But that's what Tekeo could One penalty would have killed us, man. One penalty yeah. kick would have killed us. It was like a 30 point save, man. <laughs> yeah, it was for you with three players for sure. Yeah. Mr. Takeoka FC over there. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get back to Takeoka and Steve Clark later. I'll, I'll give you some choices there. All right, so my three things, though, value forwards, get it done again. I said it earlier this season, like spending premium on forwards might not be the way to go. Six of last week's top eight forwards were priced 7.7 mil or cheaper. Campagna, Cara, Ragoni, Funtas, Bunbury, and Sapong were six of the top eight forwards this past week, and the top four were all under 7.7 mil. So there's really no need to be spending premium unless there's a super plus matchup. So I, I found that quite interesting. One of those guys that's pretty value, a guy I just talked about that just got traded from Nashville, wasn't having a lot of success at Nashville. He just got traded to Toronto FC, CJ Sapong, and he has a history of scoring goals in his first year with a new club. So in 2011, I believe that was his rookie season with Sporting Kansas City. Don't quote me on that. It could be wrong. I don't know. I uh, had five goals, five assists. That was early on in his career, like I said. Uh, in 2015, he went to Philly, nine goals and four assists. In 2019, he went to Chicago, 13 goals and two assists. 2021, he went to Nashville, 12 goals and five assists. And then he scored a goal for Toronto FC in his debut to get them a win over a pretty decent New York City FC team. They're not great on the road, a lot better at home, but still a goal in his debut with all those stats suggest that, I mean, CJ might be putting up 10-ish, maybe to FC and that could make a huge huge difference for Toronto and like you said Brian it could be a team to target to pick players from on a weekend week out basis and he does make that team a lot better yeah what about uh just Nashville making these trades that seem to benefit both teams they first they trade and get Dave Romney kind of benefits both them and New England yeah. then they trade CJ Sapong and Bunbury also scores a goal this weekend so it seems like Bun Bun <laughs> yeah, Bunbury was one of the top <laughs> top eight you know MLS fantasy options of forward this past week which is crazy the week that yeah. CJ Sapong is gone and CJ Sapong is yeah that's that's a very good point, Brian. You know, they're, they're they're involved in trades that are benefiting both parties. It's interesting. They're helping the league. Yeah, but I will be interested to see what Nashville does with that DP spot since they offloaded Ake Loba off their books. So, I don't know. But we'll, I, I look forward to having that conversation in the summer because they sit fourth right now. 
mm-hmm. in the East and they have conceded the fewest goals, I believe in the East, maybe in MLS, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but like they're super sound defensively. Yep. And if, if they can get a DP striker to play really well with Hani Mukhtar, like they have the pieces. So I'm excited to see what they do in the summer. And I'm excited to have those conversations as it happens and how relevant that makes them for fantasy. But my third and final point before I ramble on too much is Inter Miami and CF Montreal. They entered last weekend goalless and winless on the road. And they both scored a pair of goals and got their first away wins of the season. Okay. That is MLS gone wild. The parody of this league is unmatched. (laughs) Neither of us would have predicted that, but here we are, you know? No, we targeted both of those matchups. I'm pretty sure pretty, pretty heavily. So, I mean, every, I mean, you saw how many people picked Zellerayon. Zellerayon. Everybody had a Columbus crew defender, whether it's Mo Farsi or, or or whoever you might've picked uh, Steve Moreira along that Columbus crew back line. And then, yeah, I, I picked, like I said, I picked two players from Sporting Kansas City, and they both laid duds in their 2-0 loss to, to Montreal. So, yeah. yeah, the parody. It's lovely. It's why we love this league, Brian. Yep, yep. absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good time when it works in your favor, and it's obviously it's a cruel one when it, when it works against you. Yeah. All right. Let's get into important fantasy related news, injuries, and things of that nature. By week this week is the Columbus crew. They've been disappointing me recently with their losses to Charlotte inner Miami and they lost to the Red Bulls. We, the Columbus crew just played down to their opponents. It, it sucks. Anyways. Yeah. They're on bye week. Bad thing about the Columbus crew being on bye week is not many of their guys are super, super cheap. So you, it, it's going to eat up some of your budget if you're going to play those guys and switcheroos and things like that. Uh, midweek CCL semifinal. Did you watch that game last night, Brian? Yeah, man. I mean, I was really uh, amped up about it, and it seemed like it was just a really back and forth, really aggressive, affair, which is what you expect from those teams, you know, from both Philly and LAFC. But that red card, man, just the way uh, Mbizo is went about, you know, the first yellow was really, really silly. And then set himself up for that second one, just a huge mental lapse on that first one. And then they took advantage of it on the second one. You can't give LAFC those mental lapses. And I think from there, it was just kind of a wrap, you know, after he gives that first yellow away, I'm sure LAFC sensed a little bit of blood in the water in terms of just some frustration, took full advantage of it, full advantage of it. Yeah. They have depth and riches. They yeah. started, they started Bogus or however you say his name. They brought in Steve Buke. They brought in yeah. uh, Sifu for Tillman late in the game after Tillman had scored a goal. And then Sifu came in and had two assists late in the game to kill off Philly. Like, like they did smell blood in the water and there is one team that scares the shit out of me in MLS and they're in a tier of their own. And that's, that's LAFC. It also didn't help Philly that they didn't have uh, Jose Martinez. They started Flock at the six, and Flock is just not comfortable on the ball whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He, he looked really, really rough last night. But, yeah. yeah, LAFC is advancing to now their second CCL final. They meet, is it Lyon later on this month? Yeah, Leon, how about that? How about Lyon taking off, knocking off Tigres, who's probably the favorite in all of CCL. So, yeah. I mean, and that, that means LAFC, I think, also gets the second leg at home. So, so. it sets up for like a similar situation as to what happened in Seattle last year, potentially. We'll see if they can finish off the job. Yeah, looking forward to that one later on this month. But let's get into some injuries, players that are coming back, that sort of thing. Dylan Barrero, Torres ACL. For the New England Revolution, that's feel for him. He was such a key piece. He was man, great, great player. 
Uh, I think he lowers their their ceiling quite a bit with him being out now. He's been placed on the season-ending injury list. I wish that young man the best of luck. He was a joy to watch. He's an explosive player. The Revs need him, so speedy recovery to him. Can't wait to see him back on the pitch, hopefully, as soon as next season. John Mota, another knee injury for Inter-Miami. He will be out four to six months. Add that to the Gregory injury, who's out probably until fall this season. Pizarro's doubtful for Saturday versus Atlanta, so their midfield is absolutely depleted. Praying for Messi. They're praying for Messi. (laughs) That's that's exactly right. Yeah, so they're super depleted going up against Tiago Almada in Atlanta this weekend. That's something to look out for. Douglas Costa is out with a lower leg injury for the Galaxy. David Ayala, another injury for Portland. They're as injury riddled as any team I've ever seen in MLS. That's crazy. Uh, Gigi and Ibarra are out for Atlanta United this weekend. So, like I said, Enter Miami has their issues, and Atlanta United are missing their number nine up top. The Sounders are also having some injury problems. New who is questionable with an illness. Christian Roldan remains out with some concussion symptoms that have been lingering now for probably two to three weeks. And Kellen Apparently Rowe- he's seeing a specialist. So, like, it yeah. sounds like it could be really – yeah, potentially dangerous. So hope really hope for a speedy recovery with him. I mean, it's just head injuries are always very scary. And if he's having to go see a specialist, I mean, that's, that's worrisome for sure. Yeah, definitely. And that forces them to do some different things with their lineup. Like last week, I think Jordan Moore started on the right and Leo Chu was, was on the left with, I think it was a bear up top. So they're having to switch some things around with their wing play, taking Jordan Morris off of his natural left side and off of the nine as well. So they're having to fluctuate and move some players around. Um, But we have some player options for you later on in in a segment. Uh, And then Cordova, he returns to training for Vancouver. Gabby Pereira is available this weekend for Charlotte for New York City FC. Joe Klaus is listed as day-to-day for St. Louis. And Zach McGraw, Pablo Ruiz, Joe Paulo suspended for this weekend's round of matches. So that's your news. And we'll get into the weekly matchups, Brian. And just one thing to note, five unbeaten teams at home host matches this weekend. TFC hosts the Revs. FC Cincinnati hosts DC. The Red Bulls host Philly. Sounders host Sporting Kansas City. And San Jose host LAFC. Brian, I have a quick question for you before we get into the matchups. Which unbeaten home team is most likely to lose this weekend? I think I'm I'm leaning towards New York Rebels. I have not been thrilled with how they've looked at all. I'm yes. actually kind of surprised to me when I when you initially posted that tweet, I was like, really? Really? The Red Bulls haven't lost it at home yet. But and I mean they are going against Philly, who was coming off with a tough CCL midweek loss. But I mean, it's just all those other teams that are undefeated, I really like. Like to be honest, like I really like all the other ones. And New York Red Bulls are the one team to me that I'm not a not a big fan of right now, so um, I, I'm leaning towards leaning towards them, uh, even even with Philadelphia coming off of the brutal CCL loss. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's the one that definitely sticks out like a sore thumb in that in that yeah. list of undefeated home team because they're la- they're what 13th in the East. So how they're, they're I can't really even, bad. It's, they're really <laughs> bad. Yeah, I'm baffled that they were even in that category. Me too. Their only win this season is actually against the Columbus Crew. Imagine that. Mm. It's just pain over here. Can you feel yeah. the pain losing out of me? Yeah, 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 yeah. You've mentioned it. You mentioned it a few times. I felt like we were planning on kind of rushing past it. You kind of, it's like this. Uh, I always come back to it. it. I kind always of come back to it. Yeah. Vicious cycle. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> All right, let's get into these matchups. First one for you, Brian, Seattle yeah. versus Sporting Kansas City. What do you got? Yeah, so Seattle are the biggest favorites on the weekend at minus 155, um, based on what the odds makers are saying right now. SKC allowing the sixth most points per game away. They're also allowing the most points per game away to goalkeepers, sixth most to defenders, fifth most to midfielders. And again, like they, I mean, they've just been at, they're on a, like, trajecting towards a record worst start in MLS history. So I'm definitely all about Seattle at home in this matchup, even with players out. I mean, it just means there's cheaper options. There's probably going to be some rotation based on like Rui Diaz being out. So Morris could slot up at the nine. Leo Chu could be at the, on the wing. Roldan's also out. So there's just going to be a bunch of different wing options. And, and so attacking options that are definitely going to be on the table. If Morris is back at the nine, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be picking him at the forward position because of how strong he was in terms of scoring goals at that at that at, that, at the nine earlier on in the season. So people are going to be keeping an eye on him and and where he plays and just the team as a whole. New who, like we said, was is questionable and row out. So we've got. Cody Baker coming up from Tacoma Defiance, although he's not, he's on a short term contract, not available in fantasy as of yet. And I can't imagine they're going to pick up the slack and actually get that done. They didn't for McGuire, who was actually a super draft pick and had been on the roster the entire time. So the chance that Cody Baker is available is, I'd say, very unlikely. But they do have Reed Baker Whiting. So he is an option at 4.3 mil. And he also is likely to be starting uh, out at, at fullback for them as well. And Apollo out, Atencio may be a value replacement as well at 4.4 million. So there's going to be some real value options for Seattle that could easily be in play. And then just all the regular names as well. Roldan, Alex Roldan. Um, I mean, Reagan's again, probably, you know, in play. I mean, Fry's in play and goal. So there's just going to be a lot of options in that matchup for Seattle targeting against SKC. Then we've got San Jose versus LAFC. I actually really am about San Jose in this matchup. LAFC is coming off a midweek CCL match. They're actually the they LAFC allows the fourth most points per game to midfielders when they're on the road. And like at times, I mean, they had a nil-nil draw against Seattle off of a CCL match. They also uh, gave up and they won the game, but it was two three against LA Galaxy, who were really just really struggling uh, this year to so to for them to allow two goals to LA Galaxy on the road. I think. San Jose is in a way better spot than the Galaxy are, and I can definitely see them getting some goals in this game. Also, in 10 games versus LAFC, Abobasi has scored six goals, the second most by a single player against them. Only Zlatan has scored more. So I've, I'm good. Really, That's a good company for Abobasi yeah. to be in. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm, I've am i actually already got Abobasi and, nice. and Espinosa slotted into my lineup. So um, I'm, 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 like I said, I'm all about this matchup for uh, – I, mean, I think it's actually – Low key, uh, a decent matchup for San Jose at home. At least, obviously, it wouldn't be on the road, but at home, I think this is an undercover matchup, and a lot of people are going to be fading it just simply because they're going to see LAFC. So there's also value in terms of people fading it, and so you're going to be picking low percentage owned players in that matchup as well. Then we've got FC Cincinnati versus DC United. FC is the second biggest favorites for the weekend at minus one forty five. FC, uh, FC, uh, FC Cincinnati is giving up third fewest points per game at home, 37.4. DC is scoring the sixth most points per game at home. So uh, FC Cincinnati has just been uh, strong at home. DC have also just been in really good form, winning their only team to win the last three MLS matches. But we'll see. Maybe Lucho can get some revenge against DC United. He just tends to put, perform stronger at home. And then Taxi is at 7.2, and Santos is at 6.9. I'm almost – intrigued by Sergio Santos 
pretty much every week at this point because of his value. He's playing so well for over Brenner. I mean, it's pretty much made Brenner just – they're just kind of keeping him there until the summer and the window opens and they can move him on to Udinese because, yeah. I mean – you, I mean, props to them to having having that third option, knowing that the sale was going to happen to bring in a new starter. That's how it has to happen. That's where Atlanta could easily fall short with Almada. So props to Cincinnati and doing that. Just a little bit of a sidebar there. Moving on to Portland versus Austin. Austin are allowing the third most points per game away. So I'm all about that one uh, for Portland at home because they also have value options. Puig, Ibobasi, Buanga, Ache Ache, Klaus have all scored on Austin, so Portland's going to have playmakers like Evander, who are cheap, who are playing at home against Austin, who are giving up a lot of points away. So value options in this matchup for them. I think then, one other guy to mention here that I almost picked him as like my 50-50, I have him written down, is Santiago Moreno. Oh, for, good. Yeah, for, good for Portland as well. Uh, he's actually in my lineup right now. Uh, we'll see if I switch off of him, but he's definitely a name that I would consider this weekend for Portland. Yeah, what's his price range right now? I think he's like 7.1. Wow. Yeah. See, they have they, so they have just some. I mean, just because of how poor their season has gone, their value is is there right now. I love that value for sure. Except yeah. when I actually might slot him in now after yeah, they, they sucked at the beginning of the season. Now they're on a, mm-hmm. a decent stretch of games, so value starting to increase. So you can still yeah. buy low on a lot of those players. Yeah, there's a decent. I feel like there's a decent amount of players like that this season where there's just like they're underperforming to start the year. But yeah, so that's that's the two names to keep an eye on. And, that and that's matchup. that's the crazy thing about fantasy because that yeah. kind of stuff happens and then people just forget about them. Nobody scrolls yep. down far enough to find these guys mm-hmm. that are still struggling to really get in form and they're at 6.5 and 7. And a lot of yep. those guys get overlooked, but that's where a lot of some of the, the best differential picks are. That's where Cordova is probably going to be in the next couple of weeks as well because he's at 6.5. And so moving on to Houston versus RSL. Houston has just been, I mean, we've talked. I've talked about Clark. They haven't given up a goal at home. RSL's also allowed the fourth most points per game away, so I'm all about uh, playing some switcheroos in this Houston matchup against RSL on the road. Um, and then lastly, Charlotte versus New York City FC. Charlotte are just allowing the third most points per game at home. They've just gone through a really tough stretch again uh, through this past week against D.C. I was really disappointed in their performance there. And New York are in a decent uh, decent form. Charlotte also have been undefeated against New York. They swept them last season, but ah, uh, oh man, I'm just I'm not I'm I'm oh man, yeah. So anyway, they're just the line through most points. Those are just I just those last couple of games are just trying to run through a couple of just couple of ranks on just how many points are given away, and so. Don't go on the fandom rants that I've been going on during. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to resist. I'm trying to just cut it off. But it, dude, it's hard, you know. When you, it is when your team when when your heart hurts, <laughs> it's hard to not express that. <laughs> Thank but God anyway, for yeah, doing so well in fantasy. Those, those, that, yeah, those are all the matchups for the week. Actually, a couple more teams just to shout out really quick. Just watch out for the Toronto FC versus New England matchup. I'm inter- intrigued by Toronto FC. You love Toronto this week, Brian. I love that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and also Vancouver. I would just definitely keep an eye on Vancouver as well. My second favorite team. They're fun, dude. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned from this new Apple deal is to the West Coast teams. I've, I've, I've been watching a ton of San Jose, ton of Vancouver, and luckily they're both just fun teams to watch. Yeah, it's so. up and up and down the pitch. End to yeah. end stuff, end to end stuff for both of those teams. But Brian, let's get into our tap in 50 50 and long shot. 
Brian, one of your favorite teams you just talked about that you get to watch on a week in week out basis is the quakes. And that yeah. happens to be where your tap into the week comes from Brian, who is your tap in? Yeah. So my tap into the week is Christian Espinosa. Like I said before, um, he's going up against LAFC. He's averaging 9.6 points per game at home, four goals and an assist there has a goal contribution in his, in five straight games, five goals and one assist during that stretch. LAFC are also, like I said before, allowing the fourth most points per game to midfielders away. And LAFC is coming off a midweek CCL semifinal. While they've won that semifinal, and I'm sure they're really excited, hyped up, feeling really, you know, good about everything. It also still takes a decent amount of you know energy. They're probably still going to rotate a little bit. And I mean, having that kind of matchup midweek, an MLS regular season game, especially at this stage in the season. There's just no way to make it feel anywhere near as important, you know. So San Jose are going to be coming in that game at home, um, pretty fired up to try to get a result, I I'd, I'd, I'd presume, whereas LAFC, like there's just no way they're going to try to get to that level that they were at midweek. I just can't see it. And it's been a struggle even for them coming off of CCL matchups at times where you think they're just going to put up a lot of goals against Seattle and they go nil-nil. So this game's going to be an interesting one for me to see. And I, I definitely anticipate Espinoza just because of the form he's in still being able to get it done. Yeah. And they got other guys in there. Jackson Yule. Jackson Yule scored a banger last week with his left foot, man. That was a sick yeah. one. Yeah, man. It's yeah. They're, they're just such a fun team to watch San Jose. Yeah. I mean, I'm not picking Jackson Yule. I just wanted to shout out that goal. Yeah. <laughs> it was just opposite side of the box from Cucho's. Cucho hit a, a right footed curler from the left side. Yeah. And, and you'll score a left-footed curler from the right. Beautiful goals. Uh, but my tap in of the week is going to be Tiago Almada at 13 mil. So two guys, 13 mil are our tap in of the week. So you're going to spend premium on those guys. And they are actually the number one and number two fantasy players in all of MLS fantasy. Tiago Almada is number one with 91 points. And I think Espinosa is right behind him with 90. So those guys are leading the MLS fantasy MVP race and probably – two of the leaders for the MLS MVP race in general. Anyways, Tiago Amada has 11 points in all three road games this season, which wow. is really impressive. I didn't realize that until I, I went and looked up the stats. Like he's, it doesn't matter really where the game's at. He's performing on the road, 11 points in all three road games. It's a goal and two wow. and assists in those matches. And he has a goal contribution in the last three matches. And like I said, they're going to be facing a depleted inner Miami midfield with Gregory and Mota out and Pizarro doubtful. So their midfield is going to be just pieced together. Kramoski, I believe is his name. Uh, yep. The young kid, 18 years old. He had the assist against the Columbus crew to Campania. He should be one of the starters and then a couple other rotated pieces in there. But Almada should be able to find the pockets of space in between the lines a lot easier and really exploit that Inter-Miami team. And last but not least, Inter-Miami give up 0.3 points per game, more than the league average at home to midfielders. So Almada should be up for a pretty a pretty good week. I could see Almada putting up an 11 again, obviously. I mean, that's that's what the numbers are suggesting <laughs> right now, right? So I think, I mean, if I captain him, it looks like I'll, I'll get at least 22. So Tiago Almada will be my tap into the week. And for all those reasons, that is why he is. Brian, who is your 50-50 of the week? Yeah, so I've got Lorenzo Insigne. And we talked a little bit earlier about, like, the names that are kind of – that have dropping off from just – poor runs of form, injuries, things like that, that people aren't scrolling down as their values have increased and, and missing out on some really good players at maybe a cheaper value. And Lorenzo Insigne was at 10 mil to start this season, and now he's at 8.9 just because of the injury early on and just getting himself back into form, right? And so now he started the last couple of games. He's got a goal. 
Um, you're playing the Revs at home. Toronto FC are undefeated at home. And actually, even though the Revs have been really strong, we've talked about their defensive lot. I was actually looking back, and they haven't had a shutout, at least on the road, since opening day against Charlotte FC. So they – and that's back in February now, right? So, they, I mean, they just haven't actually been keeping the clean sheets, at least on the road. And actually, they haven't even kept a clean sheet in like seven straight games. So in all competitions, that's including against, what, Hartford from US South. So, I mean, they just – aren't actually i would say while they're near the top of the standings right there at the top of the east um to play i think a lot of fantasy players are going to fade them just because of uh, of that bias and not looking at some of the underlying numbers in terms of the fact that they're actually maybe they're coming up with points and wins they're still allowing goals and so for a, a key guy like runs and signe coming back into form playing at home in front of that crowd in Toronto. I think there's a chance for him to get, get some goals and you can put him at 8.9 in a switcheroo situation, which won't happen for most, most of this year. Lorenzo Insigne is going to be, I'd imagine a very expensive player by the end of the year. And so right now I think it's a good time to give it a shot and give him a buy. Yeah. 8.9 for Insigne is a, is a freaking steal. And it, yeah, yeah. He's arguably the most talented player in the league. So yeah. Hey, and you've 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 had all the high praises for them, so I I might have to buy on them as well this week. <laughs> but my fifty fifty is going to be Nico Ladero for Seattle Sounders at nine point eight mil at home versus Sporting Kansas City. Nico's averaging just five point four points per game at home on the season. No goals through the first ten weeks for Nico. No double digit performances yet, and he's had back to back four point performances. But Nico Ladero has recorded five assists this season. Sporting Kansas City gave up the fifth most away points to midfielders with 24 points per game. And he had an assist and eight fantasy points in their last matchup versus Sporting Kansas City that ended in a 4-1 Sounders win. So it looks like a plus matchup for a guy that has a, a decently high ceiling and he's got good players around him. Seattle are missing a lot of guys, though. But it feels like a, a week that Nico could put up his first goal, a couple assists, and could have a really, really big week. But the numbers through the first 10 weeks of the season, especially at home, that 5.4 5. 5. points per game, it's just, I don't know. It, this is not the Nico of old, right? I mean, Nico of old is a guy that you're picking week in and week out. And I've barely had Nico Ladero in my lineup at all this season. And, you know, for those reasons, that's kind of why he's, he's my 50-50. He hasn't performed consistently, but this feels like a week just kind of how I shouted out Cucho a couple weeks ago. He hadn't scored a goal and he had a, a decent, a, a pretty plus matchup. He, he ended up scoring a goal. I feel kind of similar about this week for Nico Ladero. So that is why Nico Ladero is my 50, 50 of the week. Yeah. And I mean, the, Seattle's also just starting to run out of kind of their, their key playmakers, right. And key just guys who in, they banked on in term over the years to, to kind of just stand out in these situations. And Nico is like, clearly still the, the, the main guy that's that's out there at this point to to do that besides maybe Jordan Morris. But I'd say Nico definitely has a great opportunity to to really light the way for the rest of that that team this weekend. All right. My long shot is Sergio Santos at 6.9 million versus DC United. Brought him up a little bit earlier. I'm like almost always eyeing him at this point just because of that price range. We talked about the value and in, in, in in the value of picking value forwards because of I mean, how regularly they're the top, the top, the top guys week in, week out. And it's just a, an area where you can spend less, make room for those premium midfielders who are going to de definitely stand out. And he, for me, for me this week, he's definitely one going up against DC United who are, 
are capable of giving up goals unless you're Charlotte FC, then <laughs> I had to, had to throw in the zinger there. Um, but yeah, so in his two starts at home, he has two goals and an assist scored in three of his four starts, three goals and one assist in all, in all. And one start he had where he didn't score was against new England on the road. So it's just a completely different matchup there than you are at home versus DC United. He's a value striker. And he's just, and he's goal dependent, which makes him, I think uh, a safe, a safe long shot in terms of um, you can, you go, you can go a lot worse because he's, he's getting, he's getting the goals, but he's not going to get you a bunch of bonus points or at least not likely. And so you're, you're looking for a goal out of him, but at 6.9, you can put him in a switcheroo situation. He's at the 7.30 game. You're going to have other options at the 9.30 or the 10.30 games. There's mm-hmm. plenty of good matchups. Or or uh, Seattle. Uh, Seattle is, is on the Sunday game. So you've got, you're going to have options there. So definitely keep an eye out on Sergio Santos. Good pick there, Brian. Using one of my three things from earlier in the podcast, not picking expensive forwards, going with the value guy, and he's a he's a good one to pick this week. I agree. My long shot this week is going to be Orlando City's right back, Michael Holiday, at 6.6 mil away at CF Montreal. Yeah, that's correct. He has scored at least seven points in three of his first four starts this season, and he had 11 points last week versus the LA Galaxy. Orlando are 2-1-0 and on the road. And they're one of just two unbeaten teams on the road alongside LAFC. CF Montreal score the third fewest points per game at home with 49.7 and give up 18 points per game to defenders at home, which is 0.7 points per game above the league average. Orlando doesn't have any shutouts on the road yet this season, so uh, I might be losing some clean sheet points. But again, they're playing CF Montreal, who uh, not a not a great goal scoring team. So for all of those reasons, Michael Holiday, the right back for Orlando City, he is my long shot pick of the week. Nice. All right, Brian, let's get into start bench sell. I'm going to start just because I have guys that you've already talked about, guys <laughs> that you love. You actually, I told you that I was going goalkeeper and you you were like, well, Takayoka. <laughs> Takayoka all the way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not buying yeah. anybody else. You know, I'm not starting anybody else. All right, so. We're, we're doing all goalkeepers from like the nine mil to 7.7 mil price okay. range. So I got, and, and look, we're taking the keeper out of it. All right. Take okay. that. You have to, if you had to choose one of these guys to start uh, one to bench, one to sell, take the situation out of it. All okay. right. So number one, okay. Stefan Fry at nine mil at home versus sporting Ooh. Kansas city. Steve Clark, a guy that you love. 8 mil yeah. at home versus RSL. And then your boy, Mr. Takayoka FC at 7.7 mil at home versus Minnesota. Start bench sale. I mean, if I have to just go straight up without keeper or any of the intangibles that come with fantasy, I actually, I think I would go Stephen Fry in this matchup. Uh, he's just, he costs nine compared to the others who I think they're all in really prime situations at home to have another opportunity to get a clean sheet. But I actually I would say Stephen Fry against SKC is probably the safest bet out of those three, just because of SKC's form. Matchup does play a huge role. I mean, even if they're Takayoka and and Clark are in form, um, eventually a team is going to get them right. And so when it comes to matchup, SKC is just way less likely to score 
over Seattle on the road at, at Seattle, then I'd say um, either are uh, um, either of Vancouver or Houston's Houston's matchups this week. So, I mean, just because of how poor SKC have been this season. So I'm going to go with Stephen Fry to start, even though it kills me to do so. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to bench Tech Aoka, sell Steve Clark. That is brutal. Man, Steve Clark and Houston haven't given up a goal at home when you're selling them. Ah, it, well, here's the thing. I mean, Takeoka saved a penalty. It's just crazy to to see to see that kind. Of, and like, here's the thing. Like, so I talked about um, uh, Houston, and like, here's the thing with RSL. I mean, RSL is capable of scoring. I don't, I don't think it's like super likely, right? I mean, I think all these matchups are, again are like solid matchups. Where I'm splitting hairs here, but I would say. RSL have a few guys that start are starting for me at least seeming like they're getting in form. Severino is looking decent, um, so like not a ton of attacking options. I did, again, all three of these matchups are prime. You couldn't go wrong with any of these guys. But I would say when we're, we're splitting hairs like that, Severino is more dangerous that than really like anybody. I mean, Vancouver's going to what Minnesota. I mean, they have nobody attacking. I don't have it. You know, right? You know what I'm saying? Like so. SKC Minnesota attacking wise is not much better of a threat than SKC. I definitely think yeah. SKC is clearly the least. Yeah, I mean Minnesota haven't scored in 180 plus minutes, two straight games now. Yeah, whereas RSL are capable of putting up a couple goals um, yeah. at times. If they, I mean, some of these guys they have some decent talent. Like Gomez is not consistent because he's a young player coming into a new league, but I mean he's definitely yeah, I, got some talent. And then Severino is a decent player. They just have a few options. So okay. out of those three teams, uh, the three matchups where they have limited options RSL have for me the most, which is not saying much, but for me, that's kind of how I'm, <laughs> I'm ranking that. No, I like it. I mean, I like, like you said, I think all of these are, are plus matchups. So it, it is kind of yep. based on, you know, the opponent. And I think you make good decisions there. So you started Fry, Bish, Takeoka and sold Clark. Yep. Okay, cool. What you got for me? All right. So I've got three, um three defenders i'm doing going defenders this week all in the 9.2 to 9.7 mil range so you're kind of looking at after everybody's picking gressel right at pretty much by default at this point you're looking then for that like next tier defensive option to kind of go alongside your gressel or your barrial and so that's where these guys kind of all slot in i think all these guys are going to be in a lot of people's lineups they already have been a lot this season so we've got Zimmerman from Nashville going up against Chicago. He's at 9.7 mil, averaging 7.2 points per game. Um, you've got Roldan, Alex Roldan against SKC at 9.5 mil, 8.11 points per game. And then you've got Larea at Toronto. We've talked about Toronto already against New England Revolution, 9.2 mil, 7.11 points per game. Start Ben Sell. All these guys are at home as well, you said, correct? Yeah, yeah, all at home. All, and I would say, um, decent matchups. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Based on at least their style of play and the way they play, too. Because, like, Larea, I mean, Revs could score, right? But Larea is also getting goal mm -hmm. contributions. So. Yeah. I, based on everything that you said about Stephen Fry uh, for the Sounders, like, for the same exact reasons for that matchup and how poor Sporting Kansas City are, and... Yeah they probably have the best probability of getting a clean sheet. Like I would be silly to not say rolled on start. I believe um, like, like, like you said, just because of, of that matchup and how poor a form, I mean, three goals of the first 10 weeks for sporting Kansas city. 
Um, I mean, the floor is super high for Alex Roldan, although they, they're going to be shuffling a lot this, this, this weekend with that, with that banged up back line. And then, you know, somewhat in the midfield as well, but I I think I will more key in the attack though. Yeah. And I mean, there's the, the Reed Baker whiting thing. I was, I was thinking about it earlier when we were talking about the Sounders that that could be an interesting play. So he's actually listed as a midfielder. And he he can actually play like a, like a right wing spot. So I don't know if they would push Jordan Morris back over to the left, chew to the bench, and then Reed Baker Whiting to the right, or do they bring in Reed Baker Whiting, um, play him at like right back and slide Roll Don up a little bit higher? That'd be kind of cool because he got signed for the Sounders as a right as a right mid. So I'd be down for that. Anyways, that's besides the point. I'm going to start rolled on just because of the matchup and the very, very high floor that I believe he has this week. Uh, now bench and sell the Rea Zimmerman. I think Zimmerman definitely has a better shot at a clean sheet than Larea does. Zimmerman can be a threat on attacking set pieces, which is, you know, a nice advantage to have for him. And then Richie Larea, he's just been on an absolute tear. So I think based on just like form, the players around him and like the attacking upside of Larea, I'm going to bench Larea. And then I'm going to, I mean, it's a tough decision, I guess, but I I will sell Zimmerman. He's also the most expensive here. Yeah. Um, that, you know, something that will be interesting in that matchup, actually, in the Nashville game against Chicago is Walker Zimmerman versus Kai Kamara. I'm actually wearing a Kai Kamara <laughs> shirt, so I got to represent yeah. here, right? Yeah. Heart-shaped hands, I got to yeah. represent. So I got to sell Zimmerman because my boy Kai is about to dunk all over this man. <laughs> yeah. Very well. Dude, he, I mean, he's – dude, he is looking – Too, like too that, shy. Like too shy of Landon Donovan right now. Yeah, like a machine at 38, like an absolute – just like he's just he's showing he's showing him how to stay in shape that's for sure this man's near stick runs are just like unmatched like his movement in the box is incredible and at what 39 years old if all you have to do is make a a darting six yard run to the corner of the six and flick it back stick once a game like yeah that's cool he can do that for another year or two yep yeah and maybe even catch on to waldenowski at some point i mean it's still a little ways away but yeah i was gaining further than i think many expected I was listening to the extra time podcast on my run yeah. before we got on here and yeah. they were, they had that whole discussion and like, he's what 20, I think he's 29 away from Wando or yeah, something like that. Said. And like the Caitlin Carr was like, the, the guy is still as he's, he looks as good now as he did when I was 18, when I was playing with him. And like, yeah. if he's only got to make the six yard runs in the box to score goals, like, I mean, he can, he can still bury some goals for, for teams. Yeah. So and what's crazy was I didn't realize this. He's too shy of Landon Donovan, second all-time MLS scoring, and he's actually played two different stints overseas. Unbelievable. That's, that's incredible. But yeah. yeah, so back to the topic. I would start rolled on. I would bench Larea and sell okay. Walker Zimmerman. Remember that so we can uh, talk about those dropping points. Yeah, well, I mean, they're all relevant <laughs> to me. I'm definitely – these are all three players that I'm, I'm looking at for this week for sure. So Yeah, I, I already have – when I set my lineup this week, I was like immediately premium, premium, premium on the back line. Gressel, Roldan, and Barrial immediately. Those were the first three guys on my lineup, which also is something that's interesting about that. Like if you're so sure about these guys, these like super premium guys, my thought process is like, okay, well, why not buy down a level 
Yeah. Like like the next the next cheapest guy and save yourself a mil, two mil on each player, and then you can spend more elsewhere. But yep. I mean, it, again, it just depends on the matchups, like and how much money you have in the bank. So it might not matter. But I mean, that's that's a strategy and something to consider as well. But well, anyway, sure. Brian, we're kind of talking about strategies. Yeah. <laughs> we have one mailbag question from the yeah. notorious Gracie Lynn asking us about preferred formations. Brian, I'll let you take this one away. Yeah, uh, so she was referring to whether or not uh, I think her main. I mean, I mean, she was referring to pretty much any formation, but five four one I think was one one of the ones on her on her list and a few others. I, again, I think we talked about this in our, our preseason episode. For me, it's just making sure I have all my midfielders in play, or at least four to five of them ready to go in and play if I, if I need. Um, also, with the switcheroos and keep you know with the switcheroos, you kind of have some variation, so it, your formation doesn't have to stick to what you set. If, as long as you have some switcheroos in play, which I do. So a lot of times I'll play a couple like four mil defenders that um, like, so maybe I start, it starts as like a five, three, two or something, but two of those defenders are four mils with midfielders and switcheroo situations. Cause I'm definitely playing at least one to two midfielders in a switcheroo situation almost every week because premium midfielders just hit a lot more than pretty much. I would say any other, position besides a couple of those premium defenders yeah, so no, nobody has bonus point potential like yeah playmaking center mids in this league or playmaking midfielders in general in fantasy yeah so i mean i'm definitely having four to five midfielders in play i think that's the main crux of it then yeah. you can kind of rotate however you want to do it from there you could have three defenders go um i mean you definitely want a couple of premium options from defense i think as well and then forwards have been a complete crap shoot so you can kind of do whatever you want there you could do one right you could have one decent option and go cheap the other two you could go i mean it's just been uh, i feel like it's just a complete complete crap shoot on the forward line so forwards are, forwards are so goal reliant to where like yeah. the best formation it sounds like from what we're talking about is probably like a four five, four, one. five. yeah four five one i think is right there if you're not doing any switcheroos and just straight up trying to put 11 out there in fantasy yeah. i think a four five one is pretty close to it yeah I mean, I don't play it. I usually roll out like a three-five-two. I like to gamble on my strikers, and I think that's yeah. what probably killed me early in the season. Because if you're picking strikers that aren't scoring goals, you're going to screw yourself. You're yeah. going to well, be in trouble. Well, then you also, if you pick two forwards as switcheroos, then you only get one midfielder switcheroo, and that's yeah. another thing I'm thinking about as well. Is like I definitely like to try to play the odds a little bit and give myself a couple extra options on how I play my midfielders, and I think having two of them in a switcheroo situation is something that I really like to do. Yeah, absolutely. So. You can, yeah. Who gets the most points? You're in my lineup. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't yeah. like it, you can switch out that player in your lineup. You know, uh, yeah. it's, it's uh, yeah, it's like a triple sub type of deal. It's very, yeah, it's nice. But yeah, Brian, I think you answered that perfectly. I have nothing more to say about that. So Brian, I think we can go ahead and close out this episode. We're nearing an hour. One of our longest shows. Yeah. In, uh, in, it's, in, in, in quite some time yeah it seems like the later we go or the later we start the later we go <laughs> imagine that imagine that, that. yeah I, I was sitting over here yawning an hour ago and now i'm like wide yeah, awake I'm, like, I'm, wired. I'm wired now i'm ready to set my lineup for the next three hours yeah okay well brian do you have any closing thoughts before we get out of here um well, I mean, it seems like you're probably going to have, I'm going to have a real competition against you this week. I mean, you got the crew on a buy, so you're going to be completely fantasy focused this week. So I'm going to have to really like keep my, keep my, uh, my, my, my T's crossed and my, and my eyes dotted. So 
now well, no, no, I'm just a Vancouver fan this weekend. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I mean, I have, I have to wait all day for a 10:30 match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you'll be you'll be picking those switcheroos. Well, I'd, I'd imagine so. I'm gonna have to really stay on I it. I hope so. Yeah, I thought I thought I beat you this past week, Brian. You're a busy man during the show. Sorry, yeah, my my, I've got a I've got a a, a baby alert. My my wife's telling me to to wrap. Okay, it well up. then let's let's, <laughs> let's get off here. All right, guys, thank you for listening to episode twelve of the Dropping Points podcast. Listen responsibly, make your own educated decisions on your MLS fantasy lineup. Best of luck this weekend. Enjoy the weekend slate of games, and we'll talk to you guys next week. From Brian Mauer and I. Peace. Sweet. Thanks.